Running a successful dispatching department is like playing a game of chess. Are you moving the right pieces at the right time? Learn all about it on today's show. Getting your dispatch team properly trained can be tough, so we've created a brand new course on how to execute on this process. On today's show, we're going to play the first video in this course on dispatching. Now, if you're a member, you can go through the entire training, go to contractor training, online classes, and dispatching, and pick up where this video leaves off. If you're not a member, you can take the entire course for free by signing up for a 30-day trial at the top of this page. Let's go to Mr. Gary Ellix now as he lays the foundation for dispatching mastery. Hi, welcome back to Contract University. I'm Gary Ellix. Today, we are going to talk about dispatching. Dispatching is one of the most difficult jobs inside of the contracting universe. And we talk about the idea of dispatching. It's like the central hub of all the activity that's going on between the demand service crisis calls, the alpha text personalities, the internal workings of the operation. And so one of the things that we do in dispatching is we're really optimizing sort of where the chess pieces or the technician pieces on the board are. And there's some rules, there's some processes, there's personalities, there's all kinds of intricacies that go into this particular discussion. So I want to break down this series into 10 individual video components and the best practices. And so we'll walk through step by step the idea of what it is to be a great dispatcher, what it is to be able to look at the processes. Obviously, companies are going to have independent ideas about what they think are in their best interest to do and implement. And I'm all for that. Not every idea that we create is a good idea for every company in every market for every size. So, you know, as a business owner, I recognize that. What I'd like to do for you, though, is to highlight some ideas, put you in a position to think about, is that a topic or an idea that I could implement in my business? And if so, then obviously we want you to go visit the EGI Best Practices website, dive into the content, and put yourself in a position where you would say, all right, how do I implement this? How do I execute this in my business? So with that, let's take our first step into video one, and we're going to talk about the function of dispatching. What is dispatching really? So if we look at the slide, what we can say about dispatching is it's a role that plans, schedules, and controls, and manages the relationship with service teams. If you use a commercial service team over here and a residential service team over here, and I've got a plumbing service team. So I've got three individual teams. Now my plumbers don't behave the same way as my service technicians in residential, and my commercial service technicians would clearly not be interested in doing a lot of residential work, and they have their own ideas. And the customers have different demands and different ideas about the relationship. Residential, obviously, we're working on Saturdays and Sundays. And commercial, we might do some of that. But for the most part, it's only in an emergency-type situation. So the point of planning, controlling, and managing service teams is to understand that there are independent functions inside of each one of those. And the dispatching function is the internal control point. So I think about an aircraft carrier. And I see an aircraft carrier out on the ocean, and I've got F-16s, maybe F-35s, maybe a couple of Raptors, and they're flying around, and they're doing their thing, and they're all doing their thing, and it's chaos. But it's not chaos if there's a control panel. And so clearly what we want is we want the dispatcher to be the control panel, and we want the technicians that might be our F-16s and F-35s doing their focused work and it was under the planning and control 
of the radar screen, and that radar screen is controlled by that dispatcher. So if we look at this, the first and foremost thing that we want from the dispatching function is to ensure a client experience. What does that mean, client experience? Well, it means we want a deliverable to be executed that's based on our company process. So, hey, we've got a, you know, uh, we're going to do the service right, and we're going to give you a 100% money-back guarantee that you're satisfied or we'll refund your money. So that, unfortunately, has happened from time to time where we haven't done our job well. Why? Maybe the technician didn't hit his mark, or maybe the dispatching function didn't communicate well with the client, expectations weren't set properly. You know, we've had people say, well, you told me you were going to be here between 12 and 2, and you didn't call me, and you didn't get here until later. Okay, so that's not the technician's fault. That's a dispatching failure. That's our communication uh, model breaking down. And so the client, even though we might have repaired the system and done everything right technically, we still lose on the customer experience because the customer was not happy. So we want alignment at the dispatching function. We want customer service, call booking, dispatching, which is the management function of the service teams, and, of course, the technician himself or herself relative to the deliverable of the service call to be aligned so the client experience and communication is done properly. So we want to be texting ahead of time. We want to be texting that I'm on my way. And so, you know, House Call Pro, Service Titan, uh, software programs allow us to do that. So it's all about communication. It's all about making the client feel special. It's all about making sure that we keep the client apprised. And we call that acknowledgement. So we want that to be one of those things. The second thing we need to think about is the idea of optimization. Let's talk about optimization. I got labor resources. The dispatching function is in charge of my labor resources. That can be deployed well or it can be deployed poorly. So if I send a technician out to a job and it's a VRF job and the technician is only certified in air conditioning and doesn't understand VRF technology, that's not the technician's fault. He knew nothing about the technology, so why did I send him there? And the answer would be, well, we probably would have made a mistake. So that's an example of control of the chess piece by the dispatching function. So we're going to want best practices in place, like skills charts, so that you can look at that and say, Gary doesn't know anything about VRF. Gary doesn't know anything about heat pumps, so we don't want to send him to this call because this call you know, is a VRF heat pump, and uh, maybe it's a Daikin system. Three pipe, we don't, we don't, he doesn't know, I don't know how to do it. I don't know the technical work. So who do we have? Well, we've got Roger. Roger's our guy. So we're going to make sure that even though Roger might be a little farther away in terms of the geo zone, Roger's the one guy that can actually do the repair work on that particular type of equipment application. Therefore, the dispatcher has to look at the labor management and optimization and say, sending Gary over there is just going to be a waste of resources because eventually I'm going to have to send Roger to bail Gary out. So we're not going to send Gary. Gary can go over here and do an air conditioner or a furnace, you know, or do a tune-up, and we'll wait on Roger. So then we have to communicate with the client. We have to optimize the brand experience. So the dispatching function is all about control and optimization of the labor resources. So we've got to institute processes about how we want things done. So I'll give you another example. Uh, Wally, Drew, and I were just sitting around having a cocktail the other night, and we were just chatting about the need to have a really defined process for what you want step-by-step -step for your technicians to actually execute on a service call. 
And the important part of that is, is some of that takes time. Talking to a customer, you know, asking for customers' opinions, you know, submitting your findings, talking about what are the considerations that you might want relative to this repair, you know, the, the, the ideas that I see as a technician. It's not like that you can do that, you know, in 20 minutes. The repair itself has time. The idea of preparation for the call has time. The idea of communicating and talking to the customer has time. So let's call that a two-and-a-half-hour window. Well, if that's a two-and-a-half-hour window for the average service call, the dispatcher has to recognize that in the planning, controlling, and management of those resources, that you can't stack calls up that are going to be inside the two-and-a-half-hour window if the average is set up that way. So we want to over-deliver, under-promise. Think about that. So it's better to tell a client in a three-hour window and say, we'll be there you know, by 3 p.m., it's now noon, knowing that if you actually communicate with the, uh, the customer, if the tech finishes early and we're done at 2 and we get there at 2.30, you could text the client and say, you know, can we actually come a little bit earlier? We're finished. We're on our way. Technician Gary's on his way. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. The customer can defer to 3 p.m., but you haven't made them mad. You've given them the option to make that decision. So that's a good example of you need a process that's organized so that the dispatching function is in alignment with what the technician is actually being asked to do. So the owner, the service manager, the dispatching function, and the technicians all have to be on the same page. Optimization requires that. Now, if you don't want to optimize and you don't really care about that, that's cool. But I think what you're going to find is that the technicians are going to say, hey, you know, I mean, the dispatcher's asking me to do things, and I'm running a lot of calls, and it's very confusing, and I'm not sure that I have enough time to talk to them about indoor air quality or what the considerations are, any recommendations I might have made to rejuvenate the system, those types of things, just, you know, incidental upgraded type repairs. You can't do all that stuff because the technicians are going to feel compelled not to because they're being pressed on. So consider those ideas. I think you know, running fewer, better calls is better than running a lot of calls where they're not necessarily quality. Again, not every idea is a good idea for contractors. You have to decide for yourself. Personally, I'd rather have an average ticket of $400 or $450 a call and run five or six calls in a day. That's a revenue curve of $2,500 to $3,000 at 60% margin. That's basically going to be you know, $2,000, know, dollars in GP. And if I do that, you know, times each day, I'm really going to be a very profitable service business. But I realize that you might have 12 customers on the board, and the dispatcher has to figure that out. So you need rules, you need optimization, and we'll talk about that later in more video. Uh, the other thing that we want to think about is how do we gauge the success pattern of the function? Uh, meaning that I put a dispatcher in place, maybe I hired somebody from a different company. They come to work for, you know, ABC uh, plumbing or air conditioning. I want to be able to give the dispatching function an idea of what success looks like. What makes us a successful dispatching function? So 85% first-time call completion is the single metric that we can use that represents success pattern for the dispatching function. Now, that takes into consideration that inventory and material handling on the truck are going to be pretty well documented and pretty organized. It takes into account that the technicians have some good skill sets to be able to do the repairs. But it really also takes into consideration that I'm dispatching you know, well, I have the inventory on the material handling side, and I have the ability to know that Gary actually can do the type of work and technical repairs. So when we wrap all the best practices together and we put them in 
a nice neat package from the service and service management point of view. What we need dispatching to do is to be the control point. We need you to be in that control tower. We need you to see the technicians as the primary assets, the labor is the resource. So to recap, what I want you to do is I want you to think about the ideas of should I have a process? Should I uh, understand the idea of 85% first time call completion? And how do I work with my dispatcher to make sure that that individual is using the labor assets, the labor team, the technicians, whether that's commercial or residential. And I have a set of rules and processes that allow for optimization to occur. And then we're going to debrief and we're going to have uh, meeting rhythms and huddles and we're going to talk about how to improve and all that other stuff. And that's later in these individual video components. But the three primary areas are the understanding of brand customer experience, that optimization, and that 85% first time call completion. So uh, that's the function of dispatching. That's the purpose of what we're doing. So we need to organize around that. So as always, if you have questions, send me a note through the Ask the Expert portal. Happy to help out. And we appreciate the fact that you spent a little time with us. Hope you learned something today on today's segment. And I will see you on the next video segment under Dispatching. Take care. Thank you so much, Gary. We appreciate it. That was eye-opening for sure. Now, if you're a member and you haven't gone through our Dispatching course, you got to do so. If you're not a member, then go ahead and sign up for a free trial by clicking Join at the top of this page. You'll get a free access for 30 days. Go through the entire course. You don't pay a dime. What a deal, right? That's it today, folks. We'll see you next time. Until then, bye-bye for now.